with Ferrat Awakenings provided by The Floating World. Join us August 16th, 18th, and 2013 in Edison, New Jersey for a weekend to remember. Presenters include Dan and Dawn, Lee Harrington, Barrick and Sheba, Captain Gross, and many others. You won't find more fun in New Jersey any time of the year. Make sure you join us. www.thefloatingworld.org Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. Every Thursday, your hosts, Dan and Dawn, share with you their experience and insights on kink, power exchange, and erotic life, as well as bring you interviews with exciting people from various lifestyles. Then every Monday, you'll hear from our various guest hosts. These nationally known educators bring a variety of experience to the mics and share with you an ever-increasing diverse world of alternative life. Erotic Awakening is intended for mature audiences. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Don. Hi, Dan. Away we go with the holiday episode of Erotic Awakening, episode 264. Uh, looking at my notes, it looks like this might be a long one. It looks like it'll be a long one, and we say holiday episode just to cover our butts because we're late. <laughs> <laughs> we were on holiday for the we Thursday we were supposed to record this. So uh, later in the episode, we will have an interview with Knights of Mist. Also, his secret code name is Mark, Mark. who will be uh, joining us to talk about ways to make his slaves feel owned. And the, the reason that came across is we've been doing this list of 100 ways to make your slave feel owned. Mm-hmm. And he had mentioned to me randomly, why do other people have? Why do people go off of other people's lists? Why don't they make their own list? Right. And I said, maybe they don't know how to make their own list. And he said, well, maybe I should teach him. I said, maybe you should be on the podcast. And thus, he's on the podcast. And as uh, uh, lifestyle masters, we do talk exactly like that. Sorry, I heard the puppy again. She's going to bite that cord, and we're going to have a fuzzy puppy. <laughs> Although uh, Ginger does say hello, Ginger, by the way, for new podcast listeners, is the new puppy we have running around here. Uh, not as some people have suggested, a uh, female in those fake ears no, that no, runs no, around no. In, uh, in puppy play. This is a real puppy. puppy that has just learned her voice, so now she's a barker. Yes, and she does say hi to Rizzo, the wonder dog, who is, or G'day. Because <laughs> that's how Rizzo says hi, because Rizzo's in Australia, down there with Bungie and... Girly. Bung, bun, Bungie. That's a tough one to say for us Americans. And, and Girly. Uh, and by the way, I happen to notice that we have some pictures of Girly from March of 2012 in a variety of naked and punishment views. You know, why uh, did I... Views. I... Either I have a bad memory, or I totally missed that. I think... I'm going back. Look at girly pictures. (laughs) But we got a voicemail from them folks in Australia via our new voicemail line, and we appreciate that, and it was nice to hear from them. Also, they sent us some pictures, and they are fellow Mac addicts like we are. Oh, I saw that. And uh, I would love... Boy, I tell you, looking at the Australian... Now, we've never been to Australia. Want to go? Hint, hint. Yes. (laughs) Seeing uh, Bungie with the motorcycle there... On, and that backdrop there—that yeah. looks like a fantastic place to mm-hmm. take a uh, to be motorcycling around at. That would be awesome. I wonder if uh, he's ever hit a kangaroo while he's riding <gasps> his motorcycle oh, I around. I hope not. I hope not. I I, I hope can't not even as picture well. it. 
it would probably kick him. You don't watch enough Warner Brothers cartoons no, to I be don't. able to picture it. I picture, I, I can picture it quite easily. But you know what? It's still in my head when you were talking about the dog. Do they bark in Australian? Do they have an accent? We'll just I wonder what on. that would sound like. Uh, well, they did say, you know, the reason that they called in was they wanted to thank us for the interview with Tiffy. Oh, oh, right on. So I just wanted to mention Tiffy because she did such a, a great job. A lot of feedback on that. A lot of lot of feedback from mm-hmm. so uh, on the intense scenes, both the Tiffy and on the uh, witch scene. Right. Um, so between lynching someone and burning a witch, we've pretty much uh, annoyed a variety of groups of people at this point. I think so as well. Though they did like um, how we kind of gave a visual to the story that was in the book. Oh, so, good point. So, you know, how we kind of, like, talked about it more with expression, and they could really get a, uh, an idea of how it went. <laughs> Our question of the day is actually, um, it comes back to a question of the day that we had some time ago that we were unable to answer. Well, we ended up getting an answer to that question of the day, so we thought we would revisit that. So the question of the day was, um, my boyfriend brought up a topic about him being treated more female in the relationship. And she didn't mind being treated more masculine, but in this conversation, he said he'd rather be, be half female. Um, she was a little concerned with that because she's been in a relationship before, and that kind of fell apart when this happened. And But this boyfriend's telling her that if he could just be treated female from time to time, he wouldn't go under the knife, that he just needed to experience that. And she really wasn't sure what to do and was looking for words of advice. So um, some of you guys have heard us talk about <laughs> Nikki and Ursula before, and um, how Nikki actually went under the knife recently. So, so Ursula wrote back as the partner and said, um, I used to think the way that you're thinking, that I was married to a man, one who had feminine aspects to their character, but still a man. It took me years to realize the person I was in love with was really female, trapped in a male body. When I was finally able to see my partner as a person, not as a man or a woman, I realized how much I loved them and that it really didn't matter to me what gender they were. I love my partner as the person that she is, and that includes all the feminine masculine aspects to her personality. You know, one of the things that I remember of um, Nikki and Ursula talking to us uh-huh. is that Ursula said one of her clues that Nikki was kind of female, or one of the clues that she should have taken that he was female, uh-huh. was that she would go, oh yeah, she would be talking to other women going, oh yeah, all men are dogs. Well, except <laughs> Nikki, you know, my husband's different. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, Ursula goes on. Your boyfriend that you love is made up of qualities of both male and female, as we all are. Um, A lot of women have male characteristics, which are just stereotypes. You know, a lot of males have female characteristics. And basically, it all comes down to love without borders and boundaries, to see and accept your partner for who they are. That's the greatest gift you can give to yourself and to them. Um, How can you justify being okay treated more masculine as the woman? And not allow your boyfriend the same privilege. There's nothing wrong with a man who has feminine qualities. Just as there's nothing wrong with a woman who has masculine qualities. There are many people in this world who are gender fluid. And Ursula herself has found them to be the most honest and amazing people she's ever met. Um, There are many ways. So she goes on. There are many ways that your boyfriend can access his feminine nature. Depending on how strongly he wishes to express it. So, and it sounded like from the question of the day that he was just okay with, you know, doing it here and there. Mm -hmm. So, Ursula says there are events and social gatherings that the two of you can go to if you want, and there are little things you can do together as well, like shopping for clothes, going to the spa. Um, Nikki needed to make the full body change to fully express herself. 
but we have a friend overseas who is happy presenting as male during the day, and then every now and then taking their partner to a latex event where they present as female. So basically her advice is is just to find the happy medium and be sure to keep talking about it. And what I get out of that is to look at the person instead of the gender. Right. So right. It's, that's great that we have the opportunity to talk to people uh, who uh, occasionally we do get these questions of the day we have no clue about. Or we could, mm-hmm. and we could guess about. And I hate when I hear people do that on podcasts. That are, well, here's right. what I think. Here's my theory. Yeah, I don't like theory. I, I like experience. And like you said, we just don't have the experience. I mean, we know couples that very much was the the male was male you know during the day and then every great now and then like we would have an event at our house and remember oh even if i do his first initial it's it's probably not going to trip your memory but we had um someone come to the house who had never been female in public before came to one of our events dressed female for the first time and some people didn't know how to handle it because of the shift I mean, it wasn't really like a kink event or anything. It was kind of a cross event, spiritual, you know, whatever. It was a a good conglomeration of our friends. And um, I'm going to say she. So first initial was J, if that helps at all. And J was with S. And dressed in heels for the first time, a dress for the first time, had the hair and the makeup all done up. Fabulous looking. It's not fair. (laughs) (laughs) Had a great time. Good. So, and that's all he needed. Anyway. Would you like to um, uh, be more manly? You know, I was going to ask you that. How would you, how would you feel if I decided to be more manly? Um, or more masculine, I guess is how, how you would put it. So, do I want to be? No, I had my tomboy stage when I was younger. And for me, that's what it was. It's actually a little harder for me because I'm trying to embrace my girly aspect. You still don't see me in a tutu. <laughs> Lolita will put me in a tutu. <laughs> and that was, that was weird. So, yeah, I'm still trying to embrace my, my totally girly feminine side. <laughs> so how would you feel? Well, you've done, the, <laughs> you've done the dress thing. You've been Susie before. Well, although I have cross-dressed, so to speak, it was uh, <laughs> for a charity perspective, and there was no feminine no. bits <laughs> that did not inspire any femininity in me. So, um, well, I mean, for me, it was, just, you know, it was, it was for charity's purpose, not because I was expressing anything. Right. And it was interesting to see once I was dressed that it didn't particularly call to me in any particular way. And now that I've had my head buzzed, I don't think I'd make a very passing femme anyway. I don't know. We could get you a wig. We could. We but could. then you'd have to shave off the goatee. So, see, Susie got to keep... You, you let your hair down for Susie, and you got to keep your goatee. But you also got to have, to have a cigar. So even though you're in the colorful dress, Susie had a cigar. That was yeah. awesome. We should post those pictures again. <laughs> Just because they're cute. Yeah. Oh, so I'm packing again. Are you? I am. Where Why are we would going? you be doing such a thing? <laughs> I don't know. I keep messing up the name of it, and I don't want to be slapped. <laughs> DA is just going to track me down when we get there. So we are going to tease. That would be for the dominant submissive retreat that you and I are leading on Wednesday. That's mm-hmm. this Wednesday coming up. And uh, yeah. if you're listening to this in the future, it, it won't matter. You've missed tickets at this point. It's done. 
It's a uh, the Pansexual Outdoor Canadian DSMS Lifestyle Camping Educational Event. Uh, you and I will be running the dominant and submissive track mm -hmm. um, with a variety of modules within it that we'll be doing all day, one day intensive. Yeah, it's kind of different for us too because usually we do our Living MS intensive where we present together and um, that's usually our, our thing. But this time we're going to separate. So you're going to have just the dominant track and I'm going to have the submissive track and then we're going to bring them together and talk about some stuff together. So that's going to be a little interesting. We will also be doing the all podcast gather media thingy at Tease as well. Nice. Between uh, ourselves, the Dark Side podcast and People of Kink podcast. We'll be getting together to do some kind of multi-layer podcast. Not really sure what they have in mind for that, but we'll bring our microphone. And I will probably give uh, Crazy Heart crap for forgetting our podcast name on one of his most recent episodes of People <laughs> of Kink. Uh, that you should go listen to it anyway. And that just reminds me that I forgot the name of the Dark Side podcast not long ago. <laughs> I was going to say. It was called Dark Odyssey Heart or... Uh, we do that all the time. <laughs> dark Forces or... Come to the Dark Side. We See? use cookies. It's that simple. <laughs> so what else we got going on, woman? Oh, we got a lot of stuff. We got a lot of stuff. But first, Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Adventures in Sexuality, Central Ohio's kinky fun group. Their next event, um, you guys should have heard this by now, is the AIS Rough Body Play Intensive on Saturday, July 20th. So it is, let's see, the intensive is $30, the party is $20, and both together is $45. Held at the Princeton Club and being put on by, who is it being put on? The Rough Body Play Players or something like that? Uh, yeah, group of yeah them. something like that, the yeah. Rough Body Play Crew. So it'll be held at Princeton as usual, second floor VIP room. Find out more at adventuresandsexuality.org. Yay. Yay, indeed. I don't know if we're going... I think we're going to that. I'm not positive. I'm not sure. July 20th. I feel like something's going on, but I have no clue what. So we also have a whole list of new subscribers, and my goal for today is to get the newsletter out. I think in the uh, newsletter, you should mention we have a bunch of this Pocket Universe music that I'm holding in my hand here. Oh, yeah. If you've ever heard our uh, end music, that is from a group called Pocket Universe. They just sent us a big box full of music, all three out of four of their CDs, and... Um, We've got about 10 copies of each, so you should probably mention on the newsletter that we have that, and that if somebody wants, uh, like, the first person to reply, we'll put, okay, here's what you do. Here's what you do. Okay. Put um, the color of Ginger's collar Ooh. in the newsletter, and the first person that writes us with the color of Ginger's collar gets a free set of CDs. <gasps> nice. And you're not going to say it here, because it's just going to be on the newsletter. Exactly. Yay. All right. I do want and to it's thank the first person. A what? The first person. Yeah. Oh, okay. you're making notes, so you remember this later. When people write us with my brain. I don't remember podcast names. <laughs> oh, you got to tell people who these new subscribers are. I assume. Oh, I am. I am. So we have Jason of Ohio, Angel Angie from Utah, S Ain't M <laughs> from Western Australia, uh, Kathy from Maryland, Fun in Ohio from Ohio, <laughs> which makes sense. Sir Curse. From Michigan. Is that a, it's a, kind of like should be a rapper's name. Sir Curse a lot. Sir Curse a lot. I don't know. <laughs> How about Kathy Sparkles from Ontario? Very cool. I like cool. that. I like that. So, and we also got some Facebook likes. So we got Darren and Carrie 
and Bungie, Bungie, Bungie again. He's all over the place. He is all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Likes the lifestyle support and the puppy training advice. If uh, they are listening right now, by the way, uh, girly, I am looking at your titty right Uh-oh. now. And it's all wrapped in uh, nice quality uh, clothespins, as a matter of fact. But nice you quality? Can't, yes, they're the, they're the nice ones, not those Ooh. cheap, crappy ones. But you can't tell that I'm looking at you because you have a blindfold on. <laughs> Yay. And this happened, I guess, a year and a half ago, so you wouldn't see it anyway. <laughs> Speaking of boobs... Uh, Machete, actually, or El Machete. El Machete. Uh, sent two pictures of boobs recently. One, wine and titties. I'm not sure we mentioned that one. That was a little bit ago. But then this week, uh, he and Lisa and Lynn and Jay and Wicked and R, fresh vegetables combined, combined with unicorn flank steak. And boobs. I'm not sure what unicorn flank. I don't know. I looked at the picture of it, and it kind of looks like a unicorn horn. I hope it's not unicorn. I don't think it can be unicorn. <laughs> we found the last unicorn. What... <laughs> Barbecue it. Awesome. So we do also have a lot of people using the comment form. So we've got Jess from the UK says that the podcast makes her wet. It's good to know. Mm-hmm. And then Matthew sent us a link to a game and says that though he's a BDSM noob, we make BDSM sound like something sane and normal, unlike what society has been telling him. He also sent us a link to a game... Um, Hotline Miami, and he suggests perhaps, or actually the name of the article from Eurogamer is how Hotline Miami is like BDSM. I read the article, I looked at the game, I don't get it, I don't see the connection. Uh, in my BDSM, I don't do a lot of pumping uh, shotgun shells into people's faces, <laughs> or uh, it, I don't, I don't know. Uh, if anyone has played Hotline Miami and is familiar with BDSM, you should write us and say, why well, yes, it's, it's wonderfully like that. Or, for that matter, Matthew, if you decide to start playing Hotline uh, Miami, mm-hmm. it's on nine ninety nine on my PlayStation. I have not picked it up yet, though. Oh, nice, nice, nice. So I'd also like to do a shout-out. You know, we should get into the topic as well, too. But I wanted to make sure to give a shout-out to Christy67. So I actually spent some time with her over the weekend. I was on a uh, road trip and spent some time with her. What? I was. I, I know who you were on a road trip with, so I was curious how Christy67 comes into this conversation. Really? Because she's in Maryland. Yes. Or Delaware. Maryland. Okay. Okay, got it. Got it. Got it. So that's her fet name, Christy67, and I spent some time with her. So we had coffee, we had good conversation, and I just wanted to give her a shout out. Does she listen to the podcast? I don't know, but I think she will now when I tell her that I mentioned her. <laughs> <laughs> any, any way to get another listener, right? Yay! Listener, score. I have reeled and hooked her. Oh, is that what the noise was? That's what that. Well, you had to see the hand motions. Seems like certification. <laughs> did you know, by the way, Don, that the people that are just starting to watch Lost ten years after it was already over, like us, like us, podcast <laughs> has gets more ratings than the Erotic Awakening podcast does. <gasps> That's not right. You can rate us on iTunes, tweet about us, or lick us on Facebook, as well as tell your friends. Sweet. So, and you know what? We're getting a lot of um, a lot of traffic on the comment form and stuff. So just to let people know, you can get a hold of us through the comment form on our webpage, www.eroticawakening.com. Or you can find us on Facebook, Erotic Awakening is one word. 
on FetLife, Erotic Awakening, two words. And we have the new voicemail, 614-414-2072. You can write us. And if you, or haha, write us on voicemail, that'd be tricky. <laughs> if you do uh, call us at the end of your voicemail, you should, or you should drop us a line or just say on the voicemail whether it's okay for us to play your voicemail. Oh, that'd be nice. Instead of me trying to transcribe it, I'll just slap <laughs> it in there. Awesome. And, and if you'd like to sing to the listeners, feel free. Uh, oh, that would be neat. No, it wouldn't. I just made that up. Well, your birthday's coming up. Maybe they could they sing could. you happy birthday songs. They could. That would uh, be awesome. Well, I already had Big Fatty sing me a happy birthday, so I'm good. Aw, that was awesome, too. So, cool. Do you want to go over a, a little bit of our list? Well, I do oh. want to tell you that Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Smitten Kitten. Smitten Kitten is your online resource and personal guide to all things sex-related. They offer over 3,000 unique products and have served the sex-positive positive community for over 10 years. From strap-ons to... Staples. You'll find it all at smittenkittenonline.com. Side note, they do not carry staples. <laughs> That's good to know. It'd be like, woohoo, staples. So I guess our topic of the day is, is making your own list of how to make your sub feel owned. So we have these lists that we've been going over mm-hmm. from now for a while of uh, things you can do to make your slave feel owned. And we've, there's a hundred things on the list. We've done, I think, four or five episodes, episodes where we so talk far. about them. We have, uh, and there will be more episodes to come as we still have. I've got another 30 of them here that we have not touched somehow. And I've got five on my page. And, and the reason that this is interesting is because some of them we've found have brought some interesting thoughts to us and some discussion points. Some of them are throwaway. Mm-hmm. So, for example, um, uh, here's, here's a nice throwaway. Make her be webmaster for your site. I, what in the world is that supposed to mean? How does that make me feel owned? Though, though, think about with Jim. We've had her do some things like that. Does that? I'd like to ask no. her if that made her feel owned, though. The the problem is is if this what it should say is you know utilize her skills. Mm-hmm. That's different, but you know I'm not going to make you the webmaster of my site. I'm the webmaster of my right. site. Right. Damn it. <laughs> um, I have see. I have one here that really speaks to me. Um, each night she is to kneel next to the bed, asking permission to sleep with her master. And each night she does, she is to kneel by the bed in the morning and thank her master for the privilege. I, I can can't. see. I, I can absolutely see how that would be a ritual. Yes. That could help. The, the, but the, to, to get away from these lists, the episode mm-hmm. today, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Mark is going to talk about creating your own list. Now, we have certainly we've used lists like these in the past as starting points, but... With the webmaster, for as an example, it's um, more. You, you have to have a list level of being able to personalize it. You know, mm-hmm. having things that make my slave feel owned are going to be very specific to who my slave is and what my slave is. So the things that I do to make Bat feel owned versus the things I do to did to make Jim feel owned or the things I do to make you feel owned, mm-hmm. there are some similarities, but there's also some differences as well. And I, th- I think, it, like you said, it matters on the relationship, and Mark will go into more of this as well, but where on these list of 100 things are you going to find, make sure I drink enough water during the day? You know, that's one yeah. that works for us. That's on my list of, of things, and it makes me feel owned. I have to put you first 
You know, I always have to keep you in mind so that I'm always looking at your water level mm-hmm. and making sure that you have enough water because for your health, water is good. That's my way, you know, a way of taking care of you. Um, Here's getting, a, another one for that mm-hmm. we do that it would not be on this list, but would be on a list that we create that for you, but not for other people's. Right. When I go off on a uh, overnight date with one of my poly partners, mm-hmm. then I want you to prepare my overnight bag. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we accidentally discovered. It's right. very much part of our power exchange. And it certainly has been very beneficial to are staying connected even though I'm off with someone else. Right, right. So um, another one is we were bad about putting on seatbelts in the car for a while. Uh-huh. So you had a, you taught me a, a signal because you didn't want me to actually say, you know, put on your seatbelt, you know, uh-huh. as if I was giving you an order. So you taught me a little signal, and that's what I was supposed to do. And if I forgot, you'd pinch my leg, and it got harder each time until, you know, that I would remember to remind you to put on your seatbelt. So, or we have a little signal because you have a very loud voice in restaurants, and there was a signal where I could just touch your hand, mm-hmm. you know, so to, to remind you, you know. That you were being loud. Yep. But it was things that you gave me so that I wouldn't feel like I was giving orders or something. Because that felt really uncomfortable to me. So um, so we got the water. We got the seatbelt. We got to pack the bag. You know, none of this stuff is on here. Um, I don't think I've ever seen on here, make your master's lunch. I mean, how? Probably not. Probably not. So I set out your clothes. I make your lunch. I do your gym bag. And even but be, making my lunch is actually done in a specific way as well for us. Yes. I want my lunch to be like a every day I get a Christmas present. Mm-hmm. So every day when I open my lunch, I don't know what's going to be in there. What kind of sandwich or a wrap? Is there going to be a cookie? Is there going to be candy? Is there going to be fruit? Is there going to be a vegetable? Yogurt. Yogurt. Uh, yogurt. Yogurt's a problem, actually. We'll come back to yogurt in a moment. Aww. But the point of it is that I like to be, I like, instead of, I want these four things in my lunch every day, which one person might order, I want to be surprised every day. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what I want, you know, I want when I open my lunch bag to say, well, I'll be damned. Look at that. A um, peanut butter and mango jelly sandwich. <laughs> Wasn't expecting that. Yogurt, I come back to for a moment. Yogurt becomes a problem because I, yogurt's a breakfast food. Right. So if I, I don't know my yogurt's in there, which I've done about a thousand times now. I stop by the cafeteria, get a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, <laughs> and then I find out I have yogurt, which I, I try to remind you. I know I try to remind you now, and I've also got well, I've also got the order that when I put yogurt in your lunchbox, I'm to put a spoon in there. Yes, because you may not be at your desk where you have your spoons, so you could be on the road, you could be whatever, and you like the yogurt that has where I put fresh berries on the side, so it's like a vanilla yogurt with maybe strawberries on the side that you can mix in. So, yay. But I like all that stuff. But we learn it through trial and error. I mean, it's like making the bed. You know? That was something that is on our list because you heard me one day say, I don't like making the bed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Therefore, now when I make the bed, I think of you. And you like coming home to a made bed. Mm Mm-hmm. Getting the cup of coffee. Some people don't drink coffee. Some masters don't care about the coffee. So just because they hear Dan and Dawn talk all, all the time about making the bed and getting the coffee <laughs> doesn't mean it's going to work for them, you know? 
That would be funny if, uh, if on the a submissive listens to the podcast and says, oh, i got to make master coffee every day because they told me to. And the master's like, where's my goddamn tea all the time? For God's sakes. Uh, so this is inter- so we talked to, as you mentioned, we talked to Mark about some of this mm-hmm. and his perspective on it. And let's hear that now. So, Don, recently we've been talking a lot about these different lists that people have. As you mentioned, the one that's out there on Dallas BDSM, 128 Ways to Make Your Slave Feel Owned, has been around for most, much longer than most of the people that are complaining about the list. That's very true. But tonight uh, we are talking to Mark from the Canada, and he's going to talk to us a little bit about how to make your own list to make your slave feel owned. Mark, thanks for being on the podcast. It's a pleasure. Thanks Thank for having me. It's a pleasure to talk to you again. Uh, as it goes, uh, Mark, we met Mark, uh, I think, two years ago at Lupercalia. And uh, we, I think that's right. Mm-hmm. I think so. And we met you and your fine ladies and uh, noted um, people that saw Power Exchange the same way we do. And I feel that we've been friends since. Yeah, it's been a pleasure to get to know you both. And even though we're friends, I am still going to make you be on the podcast, which I normally don't do to my friends. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll let that one slide, okay? <laughs> so, Mark, we were talking the other day about uh, these different lists and how to make your slave feel alone, and you were wondering how come nobody ever talks about making your own list to make your slave feel alone. And I said, well, <laughs> what do you got to say about it? And here we are. Yeah, me and my big mouth put the foot into it that time, didn't I? Exactly. So what do you have to say about it? I mean, I mean, you've got, and if I'm correct, you have, you currently have two people in your collar. Yeah, I got, uh, I have two slaves, uh, Lander and Kira, mm-hmm. and then I have a, a submissive that uh, has been with me for six months, uh, over six months now. Actually, I think we're close to eight. Uh, and uh, Landra has been with me for well, we just celebra- celebrated our uh, 23rd anniversary here back on the 16th wow. of June and uh, Kira's been uh, over 8 years in my life oh, wow. so so what do you do to make these I'm very, very fortunate yeah, yeah. So, so what do you do to make them feel old? well I I think uh it really comes to perspective for myself. Uh, the whole dynamic is, besides being owned, uh, it's also feeling loved. Uh, it's a combination of both those things. I know some people, uh, there's very much a, an ownership uh, priority, a feeling of ownership, whether that's uh, doing, uh, whether that's an authority structure or whether that's uh, that uh, forced consent kind of talk that you hear about and others uh, like myself uh, there's a very strong love component uh, it's an expression of our love to each other uh, the, the power dynamic that's happening is very much an expression of our love so in understanding what the foundation of our dynamic is uh, you know, you get to understand what behaviors what activities what things feed that that foundation, that structure, uh, and of course the individuality. Uh, you know, my three girls are all uh, all very unique and different in uh, what what hits their buttons. Uh, there's no one button for each one. And understanding the individual was 
just as important as understanding of myself and my needs and my uh, my desires. So does that imply then that there is nothing that there can't be a list that because each individual is individual that there's no one common all slaves should. I completely agree. I think uh, the idea of a, a generic universal uh, list is uh, uh, an effort in futility. Uh, I think uh, we we need to avoid the the convenience going to McDonald's and asking for uh, a hamburger. We got to take the time and effort to understand our property, understand the individuality of the person, uh, and and our own self-awareness so that we uh, we can understand what our individual list is going to be. Uh, do you ever think, though, that people take that, and this is, you know, kind of that there is no one true way sort of thing, but don't, do you feel that people take that too far? So, for example, if I'm going to wear a label and my lady wears a label of slave, shouldn't, should that not mean something common or not? I, I think you're, you're, you come to a problem that a lot of people face with is that uh, where where's the, where's the line? Uh, you know, there's all sorts of red, uh, but blue isn't red. And uh, you can have all sorts of shades of red, but what makes a red uh, compared to a blue? And I think that's the uh, discussion in of itself as a whole other podcast by itself of understanding what what makes a slave or submissive, uh, what makes a power dynamic uh, different than your uh, your mom and dad's uh, relationship or, or your uncle, your brother, sister, there are all those other mainstream relationships. Why is ours so different uh, unique or why do we think they're different and, un and unique from all the rest? And that's a, that's a pretty difficult line to, to draw, in my opinion. Didn't you find, though, or did you find that as you have, you have one relationship that's 23 years old and you have another one that's 8 years old, you start a new relationship that's, you say, at this point, six months old. But when that starts off new, can't you just look at what you did with the previous relationships and say, ah, here's the foundation that I have to lay with this person. Here's a requirement that i got to make sure they get down because it's been effective. And therefore, good sir, I suggest you are, if that's the case, you have a list. Uh, yeah, you're you're very right. And, and not so much a list as the fundamentals. Uh, understanding that uh, one of the fundamentals of the relationships that I have is one authority. Uh, understanding that the buck stops with me. Uh, with all three of my girls, uh, authority is a very defined structure within the relationship. Uh, Landry and Kira. Uh, has a very defined understanding, complete and total authority, and can at any time uh, interject my decision, my choice over anything that they may want to do differently. Uh, with Lacey, uh, she has uh, she's my submissive, and there's some fine lines of uh, where I do not have that authority. But it, it's a defined structure. 
The other aspect for, for my a fundamental aspect, it's very love-based. Our power authority that we have is an expression of our love. Uh, from my perspective and from their perspective, it uh, feeds us individually, but it also is the way we express our love for each other. So it's not so much a list, but it's the, the foundation that we build a, uh, our individuality, our individual relationships with each other. And that, you know, every house has a foundation, but once you start building the house, they, they start to look different. And that's a good way to put it, too. So you've got the foundation that you work with with each one. And I totally get the love foundation because Dan and I have that as well, the, the authority and then the, uh, the love layered on top of it. So I've got another question for you. So, well, first of all, so I'm seeing the, the list as kind of like the walls and the wallpaper for each room. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So, yeah, um, yeah. So, so, but the question that's in my head about the list is, do you think that the list can actually, the ones that are out there, can actually cause some confusion with dominance, especially new dominance, because they think this list works for everyone? So they try it with their submissive and it doesn't work and they're not exactly sure why? Uh, I, I think the, the biggest problem I have with these lists uh, and people that jump at these lists is it's like trying to build walls without the foundation. Uh, you might look uh, pretty nice once it's first put up there, but because there's no foundation, the wall's going to start to crumble, it's going to crack, it's, it's going to show that it's not there and that leaves the person wondering well wait I you know I did I did these things that are on the list why doesn't my slave or submissive my S type whatever you want to call it mm -hmm. not feeling owned or loved or why don't I feel that I own and love and, and have a complete authority over them when I'm doing the list and my my big point is you got to look deeper, and you got to look at what is the foundation of your, late, your relationship. What what is causing the connection to really happen? These lists that I see, really, to me, they are like celebrating that foundation and and manifests and demonstrates what's already there. Uh, they don't create the foundation; they celebrate it. Right. So they they come in kind of secondary to the foundation. Very. Very much so to me. I, I think uh, relationships that have a tremendous foundation uh, have a real deep understanding of the depth of their connection to one another, as I've seen with you, uh, with your, yourselves, and uh, a few other relationships I've had the pleasure of meeting. You can see that they have that deep underlying connection, and, uh, and all the things they do, all the little protocols, all the little nuances are stem from that foundation and uh, it's uh, it's like the flowers on the on the tree right right so I'm a very visual person so th this is why I'm, I'm picturing the the foundation and the walls and stuff like that so Dan and I have the foundation our list is kind of the walls we kind of try different size rooms that don't really work and then we find what does work and things change over time and we need a new house sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Same foundation yeah. but <laughs> a different house. 
No, I will say one of the benefits that I've found to, for example, just 128 slave rules is that it does make you talk about things that you may not have thought about. Mm. So here's a good, a mm -hmm. good example of one is um, make your slave wear bells mm. around the house so that you know where they mm -hmm. are all the time. I read that when I was like, well, how annoying would that be? I, I don't th I'm not blind. I know where you are. I look around. <laughs> But Don responds by saying, oh, boy, that would make me feel oh, so wet and juicy. Um, so just as especially when, with the long term relationship, have you do you think there's any value in just taking out somebody else's list and talking about it to your partner and saying and finding out what makes you both or, or you know, may see if there's any surprises in there. I think any time you can find something, whether it's from someone else's list or conversation. Uh, you know, one of the things that I picked up years ago uh, was the, uh, the simple protocol of how my girls serve me a drink. Uh, they, they hold the drink very carefully on their, their palms of their hand, supported by their thumb. That's how they give me a drink. That is something I discovered from someone else's protocol. Mm -hmm. uh, my girls never will say the word, you're welcome, ever. It's always my pleasure. They will, you'll never hear those, uh, you're welcome, out of their mouths. Okay. Uh, it's, I've gotten these things uh, from a lot of other people, a lot of my protocols really are just, uh, oh, that's kind of neat. And it kind of resonates with you and you do it. So I don't think it's a bad thing to sit here and, and take a look at these lists and say, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. I think it's a bad thing when we forget why we're doing it in the first place and that it, it originates not outside of ourselves but from within our relationship, from within ourselves. And we have to resonate and, and really feel that, yeah, that, that speaks of us. That says about our connection. Mm. And uh, if it doesn't resonate and doesn't reflect who you are as a person, as a relationship, then don't try to do it be thinking you're going to make your slave feel owned because, you know, the list, it's on the list. Right. Uh, and that's where I think a lot of people go wrong. Makes sense to me. So, what if it would, if I were to take it from this perspective, if I was a newbie dom and I want to be a master, could you provide a starting? Can I look? I say, look, Mark, can you just give me a list of ten things that I have to do to make a slave feel owned? What would you say to such a person? I'd ask your. I would tell them, ask your slave ten things that make him feel wanted, needed, loved. And then from that, look at the things that make sense to you, that make you feel that you own and love them. And do two or three of them. Don't do any more than one, two, three of them at a time until it becomes an absolute habit uh, that you, you don't even have to think about. You know, my, uh, my girls with uh, You're Welcome, uh, each one of them has taken a little bit longer for it to become a natural uh, expression for them to just say my pleasure 
They just didn't twig and, and do it. I also think that uh, if you're going to do anything on the, on the, make your list and choose your behaviors as a dominant, as a new dominant, they are only going to care about what you care about. If you let them away with not saying sir uh, once or twice, then they're going to realize you don't care if you, they call you sir or not. Uh, but we can't sit there and try to juggle too many balls at once. Learn to juggle one ball, make it a habit, and then move on to another one. So it sounds to me like you may believe you wouldn't be a good master for dogs. Why? Because it sounds like a lot of what you're suggesting, Mark, is that you need a connection of some sort to be a good master to someone. It sounds to me, and this, you know, at, and for, since I'm editing this anyway, I'm going to do this all over again. So, uh, you, mm -hmm. you got it. This dog is going fucking bonkers over here. It's awesome. <laughs> I got some balloons. There's these balloons, and she's grabbed them, and she's like charging around. She's like a, not more than six inches tall. Nope. And now Dawn's put the balloons into the fan for some reason. I don't know if that's supposed to be better. I don't know. Well, I need a list how to control these mongrels around here. <laughs> All right, let's dog. pick this thing back up. I'm sorry, Mark. <laughs> Obviously, that's, we're not a very – well, <laughs> we make as much money <laughs> at, at this as you're making, so you can tell what the level of expertise here is. Um, I, I didn't know Dawn had a fetish for balloons. So. No. <laughs> not unless they have tentacles. <laughs> okay I'm not going there so Mark do you believe then that and you've mentioned a few times the emotional connection then for your style of power exchange is love essential um, I would say affection is essential uh, love is is another can of worms that uh, I think uh, you have to care for your property uh, if you're going to have it endure, thrive, and last. Uh, if you don't care, uh, it's not going to last, and that requires affection. You must have a vested interest. Whether that is defined as love in your dynamic, uh, that's up to you. Myself, what is absolutely necessary is there has to be affection uh, between the individuals. Yep. And, and personally, I, I am coming to agree with you. So, right. one last question for you, if you don't mind. Do you ever perceive there being a point where you just get fed up with all the other lists and you publish your own list? And if you did... What would be the number one thing on it? If I was to publish my own list. <laughs> I oh like my gosh! The number the one number one thing. Hmm. That, that's that's really a hard question because you know I I don't have any one thing that just kind of jumps out at me. Uh, I require my girls to walk behind me a step. They never go in through uh, into an entrance through a doorway 
without my instruction to go first, or they follow me. Uh, you know, like they serve their drink in a certain way. They address me. Uh, they never say my name. I, I think if there was the first thing, they are not allowed to say my name. Ever. Ooh, I'd be so pegged on that one. <laughs> they they cannot, and they and they don't. Uh, even when they uh, introduce me to somebody, uh, they have become creative, and I actually find it sadistically amusing <laughs> when when they uh, kind of ca get caught off guard and and there's that awkward silence as they go through their head of how they should introduce me. But for the most part, they've done uh, done re rather well. Uh, as they've done it a few times, but uh, I think if there was a number one thing, yeah, that would be it. Awesome, I, I you know, and I agree with the whole statistic thing. I'm totally looking forward to the next time I see anyone in your collar. I'm gonna say, oh, geez, I got this gift card for your master. I can't. What is his name again, please? <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, I guess I shouldn't have them listen to this podcast because they're going to be prepared. Next time, next time we come up to Looper, we could have this weekend-long scene going on around yeah. these names. This would be awesome. But, but you know, that does make it interesting about how everybody's list needs to be different. Because Dan does have me call him Dan because we podcast together, we present together, we, you know, we do all this other type of stuff. So I love to call him Master, but don't always get the chance. So, no, and you know, that's the, the beauty about the individuality of relationships. There's reasons why you do this so over that, etc. And uh, and those are all fine things. But like to the plan I was making earlier, I mean, there is a line. There is a line, and I really feel that uh, authority for me is a, a significant line. Uh, where does the authority lie? Uh, I, I believe that that is, for me, the distinction between uh, the mainstream relationship uh, as opposed to the, the MS dynamics. There's a definitely different understanding of, of authority and who has it, how it's used, why it's used. All right, Mark, thank you very much for being on. And I'm, I, is, it okay, is it okay if I use your name? Always. <laughs> Tough titty. I, you're all the way up in somewhere in Canada. You couldn't punish me anyway. <laughs> Mark, thank you very I'll much for being. On, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Very much appreciate it, and uh, hopefully we'll see you soon. I hope so too. Thank you very much for having me. Did you get wet, hard, and horny listening to our rendition of the story of the witch hunt? Did you know you could read it yourself in our book, Sex Stories and Power Exchange? No, I didn't. How can they find it? <laughs> you can head over to Amazon.com or your local retailer of books and look for Sex Stories and Power Exchange, a book by Dan and Dawn about sex Stories, stories and power, power exchange. exchange. Now for the low, low price of whatever they charge for it. On Amazon.com. <laughs> what, what a bargain. bargain. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. <laughs>